dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 126 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Jariah Dawkins. Join with me tonight, Bill Dunan, Josh Goldberg. What's up, guys? Not much, man. What is up? I, I think we first should discuss what happened and then go into what we're doing about it. I'm sure everybody who's listening watched it, but DeMar Hamlin made a pretty nice tackle. Everything looked clean, everything looked good. Then next thing we all know, he just dropped down. Unfortunately, he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. Had to be brought back twice over the course of the night, once in the ambulance and once in the hospital. Still in critical condition and sedated, but supposedly all the signs are looking up, and we all hope when he wakes up, he'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Super scary, man. Obviously, you know, everybody's thoughts and are with are with Hamlin and his family, and I think, like, that's, you know, that's really what matters the most. But, you know, we're obviously a dynasty show, and at some point we have to talk about fantasy again so that's what we're gonna do uh unfortunate situation though for sure but yeah obviously like josh said hopefully he's you know back up soon and um you know healthy it was a whole different feel um you know we see guys get carted off with knee injuries and concussions and things like that and especially after seeing you know two of this year and other players and stuff like that but you don't normally see a guy you know getting cpr on the field um, it was just crazy. Yeah, prayers up for him. Sounds like he's doing better, but uh, you know, we'll see. We should have talked about that first. That is my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's a, it's a tough situation. It's like really hard to navigate for sure. So there's no easy way to talk about it or continue talking about other stuff. Like obviously, you know, his situation is what matters the most. Yeah. But um, we're waiting for news, and when there's updates, everybody will focus back on that um until then we'll talk about what we're going to do in our stupid little world yeah uh you know due it to really is stupid yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah due to the impact of of not you know that game not being played so yeah you know cincinnati buffalo game they the, the players obviously the coaches decided to you know it, it ain't happening so uh league said not gonna be played this week so you know obviously nobody knows what to do in fantasy land Fortunately for our leagues and Dynasty Underdog Listener Leagues, we didn't actually have any impact from it, so that's kind of insane. But I don't know what you do in most situations. I think if you knew what the outcome is going to be or relatively know what the outcome is going to be, then you should probably just concede, You know, make it easy. It should be business as usual. If it's really close, like in one league where you, I think I had where you technically couldn't say I was going to win it because I was – down by 14 but i had josh allen and he scored more than that all year but it's like can i really say he was going to do that i don't know like i'm not going to be that guy we split the pot there you go champions call it a day 
not how I want it to be. Um, it was a league I was going, trying to go back to back in. So I don't want to lose. So that feels better than losing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's tough. It's a tough situation. I think that you have to really just be um, considerate and easygoing and try to just get along and go, you know, go along with whatever is easiest. Cause it's a really tough situation on commissioners, especially if they run multiple leagues. Like I can't even imagine if the dynasty underdog leagues, the fact that they're not impacted is makes it so easy because I don't know, I wouldn't want to deal with that situation. No, of course not. But just saying, Karasi, what, what would you guys say is the impact for leagues that have an empire pot for people that went in back to back to back years? Do you have to count both of them? Uh, so you're saying in, the, so what is the empire league? It depends. I mean, I don't know. It's that's so hard, dude. Like, because it depends if it's going to end the league, right? Because an empire league can be ended at some point. So if yeah. it's at that point, like I feel like you got to find a way. To, you got to find a way to play it out, maybe. <laughs> I, I guess I should have made that. It's I'm talking about like leagues that don't end when the empire just there's the empire pot. So oh okay, just you get the big pot. Each. You get the big yeah. pot. I don't know. Again, like I think at that point the two managers have to kind of decide unless it's like. I mean, they're gonna. The thing is, is we do have to wait. In that situation, I'd probably just wait to see what the league does with the game, whether that be after week 18, they decide to play it in between the playoffs and move the playoffs back. Who knows what they do? I find yeah. it really hard to believe they don't do it. They don't play the game. Well, so, sorry, really quick. If they do play the game, then the managers can decide to play it out with those scores. If they don't, then you got to make a tough decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually in a league that's an Empire League, and the guy. I was in the finals, and the guy who I conceded to, he actually took down the Empire pot. So I was down by like 100, but I had Josh Allen, T. Higgins to go, and it's kind of a high-scoring league. But he had a couple of other players that, that realistically I would have needed like season best from those two guys. I'm not saying I wouldn't have, you know, there's a chance, but I just, it's easier to get it over with second place again and move on, so. Totally. I mean, I had, I'm in a league where I was up by like four and I, I was against Higgins and somebody else. And it, it was like, it ended right before he could, he could beat me. And I was just like, just, I'll take second. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to be easy about this. Like there's no yeah. sense in, in being, you know, a douche about this kind of thing. Like you just kind of got to eat it and move on in most situations. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just feel like you got to find a pretty easy way to get past this, um, as a, as a league, not really individually. Absolutely. All right. Some other news. <laughs> Carson Wentz got to start last week. And, uh, as I like to say, you can't spell Wentz with a I N T and he, he looks pretty bad. So this week, this last week of the season, uh, Ron Rivera is going to run out there though. I don't think we've got to see this guy play any regular season snaps. I mean, Sam Howell. One of the last remaining, you know, big quarterbacks getting drafted last year, we could actually see what he looks like. I mean, it's kind of news. I mean, we've got to see Ritter play. We've got to see Malik Willis play, obviously Pickett. Um, all been kind of lackluster, and I expect the same thing out of Sam Howell personally. But I mean, especially if they sit all their starters like they're talking about possibly doing. This, this could be considered nonsense, too. It is not. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we've seen Brock Purdy come in. We've seen, you know, oh, yeah, people Purdy. get excited about Bailey's happy. Who knows, right? You never know. Uh, these nice. these guys, like, every year we get surprised by how, uh, you know, further along some of these guys are, how well they play in, in tough situations. So, uh, yeah, if they sit the starters, it could be really, really rough. If they don't, I mean, it, it you know, 
there's a good there's good weapons for him there. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't I don't I was not a big Sam Howell guy, but anything's better than what they've been throwing out there in uh Carson Wentz. All right, cool. So here's a good question that was asked about, I think, in one of our Patreons, mm-hmm. the Discord. Not Patreon, but the Discord. And yeah. it was asking about rebuilding after winning with an old team. Yeah. So uh I mean you gotta be willing, like I think the biggest thing with rebuilding from an old team is you gotta be willing to not necessarily tank a year, but take a year off. And you have to be willing to quote unquote lose value right now mm-hmm. uh, while moving some some older players. I mean, typically I like to try to package the older guys. Um, but you know, looking at guys like if I, I think I have some teams where like Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, you know, those kind of guys, like I think there's still value there and you could probably move both of them for something that's pretty solid, but I bet it would be you know, considered losing value right now. But I, I would definitely take, you know, I think if you can get a high first for both of those guys, plus a, a package of like players that, you know, have some upside, like I think you can get those kind of deals done and they, they hurt in the moment, but like you'll feel a lot better about it, you know, a year from now when they aren't who they are anymore and you at least got some return on your investment. So a big part of it, I think, is just, understanding like some of it's going to hurt you know you might lose on one or two of the deals but most of the time you can make something out of it if you're smart about those situations yeah you know i think there's a big reason to at least for me like i always try to hold on to like my first or like my high picks you know try to throughout the season when i'm making trades try to snag a second or third like you never want to be even if like you have like one of the top teams and i know like will dennison we talk about him often He's kind of in that situation right now where he has an older team, but he's going to make it work one way or another. But I think accumulating draft picks throughout your trades, just like a second here, a third here, a second here, and third there, and then really being smart when it comes to the rookie draft, when those picks are a whole lot more valuable, you can package two thirds, maybe get a second, or you got your two seconds, you can move up to like a high second. And that way you can still find a way to get some young talent on your team. Because otherwise people just aren't in the mood to be trading for these older players unless it's like mid-season and right so that's a long way away from right now so i think just taking the time when you're doing your trading throughout the year just to try to get a little extra pick here a little extra pick there nothing too crazy and then when it comes time you know try to package them together and move up and get something solid so that'd be my advice that's definitely a good way to do it yeah you can target contenders you can move some of those guys i was talking about plus some of those picks for high end first for firsts and you can you know quickly turn it around that way by getting elite assets uh it's it's you know it's easier that easier said than done for sure some leagues aren't as active but in the active ones you can totally get this kind of stuff done like see it all the time yeah people still see value in henry people still see value in cook and there is still some sort of value to them but I mean, you could even see it this year with with Dalvin. I, I think he still has name value, so you can move him. But I'm and I'm using him because he's, I think, one of those high end pieces that a lot of people do have that are on older teams where you were trying to contend. Um, Cup is another one you could probably still move him for pretty good return. Um, and he's a guy that you can, you know, you can also buy. But I think he's a guy who you can move for pretty good return. Who's older, and you know, these are guys you have to figure out a way to churn and get something back for them. At some point, you have to do that. Otherwise, right. they're going to be worth nothing. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be worth nothing. So you, so you know, regardless of of how much time they do have left, and and these guys we're talking about do have time left, 
it's limited and you got to look at your window and are are they going to be in your window right they might be in somebody else's so you need to figure out that that balance and and now is the time to get get picks because they're only going to get more valuable that's for sure they're only going to get more valuable you know the closer you get to the draft so if you do want to get into this one you're gonna have to do it sooner rather than later you might be able to target 24 if you're one of those teams like i said punt this year kind of and you can acquire like a bunch of people did this time around all those 23 picks you might be able to stack up you know four to five 24 firsts which is going to be a really good quarterback class is going to have you know some some good wide receivers i think marvin harrison jr might be in there like it's 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 turning out to be a pretty star-studded class so yeah yeah i wouldn't um scoff at the idea of looking ahead a year like that if you're coming off of trying to win or winning yeah that's probably actually the best advice just punt a year and grab the picks like you know, 24 picks just don't have that value to them yet. So I like right. that a lot. I like that a lot. Cool. So uh, new year, new me, right? So it's that, time of, <laughs> it's that time of year again where you Speak get to look back at all the resolutions you made last year and realize you didn't accomplish any of them. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about some New Year's resolutions for our Dynasty teams or um, off-season goals. So for me, one of the big ones, that, and I've talked about it multiple times, and I'm actually gonna pull the trigger and do it. Like I've never, I've never lo- uh, left a dynasty league yet. Any of the ones I've joined, I've stayed in. And um, I have two unsafe leagues, which I know like a lot of people like safe leagues because they're safe. Like there's a good commissioner, the bylaws are there, the rules are set in stone. But they do have trade deadline, and it's pretty early. They only let you trade picks out one year. But the biggest thing for me is the two leagues I've joined, unsafe leagues. They're just not active. Um, I could go five, six weeks without ever getting a trade offer. I could go and send out five, six trade offers and not hear anything back in multiple in both the leagues. That's just not fun. They don't really do a lot of talking. I couldn't tell you the personality or even the names of more than one or two people in those leagues. We have Garbo, we have Joe that they're in our uh, they're in our Discord, but all the other people like I just don't know. They're not fun for me anymore. And I'm just going to leave them this year. And it's just one of the things that, you know, I noted is it's a waste of time. Why am I spending the time to set waivers, make trades, set my roster in two leagues that I don't even really like? Um, it takes time away from the leagues that I do like and do enjoy. So I just think for my overall dynasty experience, getting those two leagues that I just, I don't enjoy um out of my portfolio i think it's going to be better for me this year i'll be more into it and it'll be less of a chore on tuesday night or whatever i'm doing so uh one of those i think i have the 101 in so that kind of sucks you know but uh i just yeah i I don't think i could stay so that's a news resolution for me leave the unfun leagues no i was just going to briefly say when you're no longer having fun or enjoying the league in my opinion that's when you know it's time to leave yeah i still like part of me feels bad you know what I mean? But yeah, it's weird. I don't even know if I feel bad. I don't even know what holds me back from not leaving the league sometimes. I think it's almost like I don't want to like I don't want to quit on on the league or something. I don't I know. even know what it is. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I got to finish what I started, but I got it. I think that's a great one and I, I need to take that one for myself to be honest with you because I just I, I haven't done it and there's probably one or two that I that I could do that with. I probably should bite the bullet. That's a great one. And then the next one is 
I'll be honest with you. When we did this last year, it was one of my resolutions and I didn't quite stick to it, but I, I need to trade more. <laughs> Speaking I, uh, into existence. <laughs> sure. I know. I need to trade more. And uh, maybe it's because those two other leagues that I try to trade in, like it just pushes me down. Like it doesn't make me excited to trade because I'm not getting anything from them. But, you know, I look at some of my teams and they look a lot similar to what they looked like last year. Um, and it's like, well, that's, you know, that's not how, that's not how you win. You know, you know, this is kind of staying in the middle in some of these leagues and not really getting any younger or getting any better or not, you know, trading in, uh, three nickels for a nice shiny dime or whatever. Like I just have, you know, I, I have a lot of teams that just haven't really moved progressed. They've been, they look the same as they did last year. And like, I know that's not right. So I just really need to get in there and just like open myself up to try trading more. And, uh, I think that'll make my experience a lot more fun this year too. That's all I got. I love that one. Everybody needs to trade more. That's yeah. for sure. That's, it's one of my, one of my keys, man. Send <laughs> send like five offers a week. I've actually been slacking. Need to do that. Okay. Mine is I, I want to be more patient. Like I feel like I made some mistakes this year because I wasn't really patient. Uh, whether it was with, you know, some players early on in the season who were underperforming, you know, Justin's field Justin Fields trade to name one, uh, that really, really hurt. Uh, prob- probably didn't help me <laughs> on my championship run in DU too. But uh, yeah, so I just, I think I need to be more patient because I did make a couple of mistakes this year trying to be a little hasty with certain trades in a couple of my leagues. And I think that you can get a little confident and you can try to do a little too much sometimes and think you know better. <laughs> so, you know, taking a step back, kind of reassessing, like not everything needs to be so fast, especially in Dynasty. It's, and especially you know with the league it's a long year now you know 18 game season there's a lot of football to be played so not to really overreact at the beginning of the season we're playing dynasty kind of have to remember that internalize that yeah and the last one is mine um not to trade so many picks for win now players that's a good one i've I have a bad habit of doing that. And now this is about the time of year when I start really regretting that decision. So (laughs) the good, the good thing is in, uh, in like console wars, they only allow you to trade, you know, years pick picks ahead or whatever. So you'll, you'll get your 24s and you know, you can hold on to those just to, yeah. I mean, console wars actually, I'm not that upset about. I've had a pretty good team the last two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, I was just I was using that, yeah. using that as an example because of the picks. A lot of our leagues allow multiple years out, and you right. can really you can really hurt yourself. Like our DU leagues, I think it's two years out, and you know you can you can lose two years <laughs> first, and that it's a little difficult to to regather. More difficult than you think. Um, I think starting out a lot of people think that they can you know just get up get it all back easily and like i was saying when trying to rebuild from a contender you do have to give a little bit up to get those picks at some level right if you're depending on the time of year like this is the time of year when it's a little bit you know they're a little bit hotter not not as hot as they can be but uh, hotter than than they are in season so or in the regular season that is and like how bad does it feel to like okay, I sent, you know, next year's first and a second and, you know, maybe <clears throat> a second or first for this year. And you got these pieces and you think you're going to go to the championship and it'll all be worth it if I win. And then you don't win. 
<laughs> and then you're sitting there yeah. and it's a rookie draft season. You're like, I don't have anything. <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. It, yeah. it is. Yeah. And it's a fucking feeling I felt the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I made a couple of trades in console wars, mainly the one for CD, which CD is a great player. And I, you can only regret it so much because they're, they're, he didn't really let anybody down necessarily. Right, he was pretty great for the most part. There, I think in the middle of the season when Dak slumped, kind of, it was tough, and that was when you really needed him. And and there was a little bit of a letdown, but that he he wasn't the issue. Bottom line, and he's young and he's awesome. But I definitely traded what I think was like one hundred two or something like that for him, essentially. Right? Yeah. And like I don't I I don't know if I needed to do it with the team that I had at the time. So. It would be nice to have that pick right now. You know what I mean? Because it was, it's going to gain some steam and I could sell it for probably more than that. I could have probably gotten AJ Brown instead. I would have been a little bit more comfortable with that. And I was quick to make this. I was like really trying to get this trade done early on in the season. For some reason, I was like pushing, 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 pushing to get this trade done. And then right after I got it done, I was thinking like, oh, well, I could use that a little bit differently. Like, maybe a little bit more wisely or gotten something a little bit more happy, comfortable, whatever it is with. So um, again, with the patient part, you know what I mean? That was part of it. Yeah. Love that. But I'd like to have those picks. I think it's also my point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But I, you can recoup them. It just takes giving up a good bit. Yeah. All right. The next one, you got uh, some advanced metrics, Higgins and Olave. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this real quick. Uh, we were talking in the D one of the DFF chats and I saw this come across where somebody traded Olave for Higgins in some sort of way or the other way around Higgins for Olave. And they were like, they prefer Olave and dynasty over Higgins. And I was like, oh, pump the brakes a little bit here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he started to the person that was discussing this, you know, what? it was Paul. We've had him on the show. Plenty. Paul oh, yeah. Patterson. He was talking about fantasy points over expected and how Chris Olave was like going bonkers in that metric. Yeah. So like, I was like, okay, fair enough. That's one thing. But he was like, that's like really the only thing that he had said. And I'm sure he thinks more than just that, but that was the only thing he said. So I wanted to go and look at it too uh, and just see kind of what was going on. So I did look up the fantasy points over expected. So I'll start there, to be honest with you. That's where I'm going to start because I didn't see what he was saying. So I have PFF right here and they have like expected points and they have over under expected points, points per game, the whole nine yards, right? So I'm looking here and I'm just sorting by, you know, over under um, the, you know, greatest to, to least, right? So I'm seeing who has the highest over expected points per game, right? That's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, like, you know, guys like AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, like, you know, just monsters up here. Marcus Jones there because who would expect that? uh t higgins okay t higgins 2.9 he's tied for sixth right with 2.9 uh points per game right fantasy points per game over expected like incredible obviously he's awesome chris olave is nowhere to be found just so you know so so he actually is at like uh even for his fantasy points over expected per pff so he's doing just fine no no issues or anything like that but he's not performing outperforming t higgins in that regard so uh, maybe i'm looking at something different maybe he was talking about something different maybe somewhere else tracks a stat i searched and i didn't find it i have a subscription to pff so i was able to find it there but i didn't find it anywhere else that i 
didn't have a subscription to. So I don't know. Either way, really quick, <laughs> breaking down just kind of the advanced, other advanced stats that we generally look at for these guys just really quickly. Chris Olave this year, let me make sure I'm on the right ones because I do have something broken down here as well. Okay, yeah. So on the year, Chris Olave, target share 25.3%. T. Higgins, target share 18.5%, right? Targets per route run for Chris Olave, 26.8%. For T. Higgins, 21.9%. Okay, and everybody loves the team air yard share. Uh, That one for Chris Olave has been ridiculous, 42.2%. And T. Higgins, 28.1%, right? Now, obviously, you'll notice that Chris Olave has the numbers there, right? But I really, I'm, I'm struggled to understand why we can't put this in context and understand that, I don't know, one's playing with you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league and one's playing with nobody right now. So yeah. like, I think part of it is that, right? So then I went and looked real quick and I said, okay, let me look at week eight to week 12 for T Higgins, right? And this is when uh, Jamar Chase is He's a goofy gobbler in the lineup because he was injured. Oh, so well done. <laughs> so well done. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Uh target target share for T. Higgins during that stretch. 26.3% for target share, 24.7% for targets per route run, uh team air yard share of 46%. Uh, I actually didn't say the yards per route run for either one of them before, but uh, 2.54 in this stretch for Higgins and 2.46 on the year for Chris Olave, right? So what I'm trying to illustrate here is that given the same role, I think T. Higgins would outperform a Chris Olave, right? I can see that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Wow, did we lose? We lost your Yeah, oh. he dropped out. Oh, that's terrible. He was dealing with some internet issues, so hopefully we can get him back. But yeah, so point being is, you know, I just think I, I thought it was an interesting debate, Higgins or Olave. And it, it made me want to go write an article, which I still might do, kind of what I just talked about, a lot of what I just said, trying to illustrate that Higgins, given the lead role, is a, a much more dominant receiver than Olave is. He's a number one wide receiver. That's what he yeah. is. And Olave, I think, is getting a lot of these numbers due to his situation this year. I think if Michael Thomas was there, if they added another wide receiver who is talented, it wouldn't necessarily look like this. So I'm not discounting that Olave is a good player. I think he, re- he he is. And obviously players, they earn their targets and they, they, you know, they earn their production, but there is a level to where the context does matter, where when you are the only guy, you are going to get more of those targets. And Michael Thomas is a target hub. What would it look like if he was there all year long? All year long? Right. I, I actually didn't break it down to see what Olave looked like in the stretch. Michael Thomas was there, which was only a couple games, but it was also early in the season and Olave is a rookie, so it's not fair to him. I don't know. There's a lot there. Let me ask you this, and I know you're, how you feel about Shaheen, but if they started using him earlier in the season and he produced the same way he's been producing, do you think that's going to have a major impact on Olave, or do you think it's just the flavor of the week, quote unquote? That's interesting. I don't know necessarily flavor of the week. I think Shahid could play a specific and significant role for a team, but and and it would eat into some of Olave's down the field work because that's what you know that's some of what he does is is stretching the field. But I think Shahid could do that, so he might work more in the intermediate in that respect. But I think they would much rather have Olave somebody it's not mike thomas probably done but somebody mike thomas asks somebody like that and then Shahid, right that that three-headed yeah. monster would be really nice 
So I think if they could get that, that'd be great. I don't see that too. I don't see Olave as a true number one. I don't think he can fight through the top and corners on a week-to-week basis and produce those numbers. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they get a good quarterback there, and this continues, and I'm wrong for sure. But I still think Higgins is the better dynasty asset either way because he could end up in a, in a number one situation once he's a free agent, which is coming up soon. So he can, you know, and I think in that situation, he would excel, put him on the Patriots today. And he's a better receiver than Olave, you know, a dynasty receiver. I mean, a better producer, a better, just everything. So, um, yeah, that's what I think. Just really quick only because you just mentioned Jamar Chase. He's a glibby gobbler. Um, Do you remember last offseason when all anybody could ever talk about was how many drops he had in practice? Yes. Yes. And then, and then everybody was writing him off right away. And I don't know if you remember, but his shares in Dynasty was just going cheap because everybody thought, oh, he wasn't mm-hmm. as hot as he could be. Mm-hmm. And it comes out and fucking blows the roof off everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I think there was another player this year that, well, I don't know if it was a running back or a receiver. I forgot who it was that that people were doing that with. But I think Traylon Burks is a great example of the whole training camp nonsense. And then you see any time that he is on the field and healthy with a quarterback who can throw the ball more than five yards, he is dominant, right? So get him in the right situation with the right quarterback. He's going to be a player. You got to take advantage of that stuff every year, for sure. It happens every year, every single year. I I guess the main reason I brought that up is just because it so much could depend on who's throwing the ball to you and who you have surrounding you mm-hmm. that you never know on a week to week, or I want to say week to week, but on a year to year basis, let's say how he's going to perform out the gate for the entire season. I don't know. Also, I just did that just so I could have another excuse to say Jamar Chase. He's a glizzy gobbler. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love All right. that. All right. So Uriah is his power went out. So we'll see if we can get him back soon. Um, until then, let's let's talk a little bit about our Dynasty Underdog Listener Leagues really quick. Let's go. Yeah, man. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we were really fortunate. Every one of our matchups actually was not impacted in a way that would stop us from you know doing payouts and, and that kind of stuff. Actually, our buddy Jake, who is in Dynasty Underdog Listener League 2, who was going for the third place prize, was nice enough to understand that there, there was probably some wiggle room, but it was pretty pretty certain he wasn't going to win. He conceded, and I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like That's kind of how I think you should go about it. Like Just call it a day. You'll be all right. Move on to the next year. So we were fortunate. Let's just wrap up real quick You know who won. I think uh, we had uh, a pretty interesting year in both of the leagues. So Dynasty Standard Dog Listener League won. I've been I've been chasing the championship since the first year. I was going win now the whole time, and it finally came to fruition. I was going up against uh, what's his Twitter handle? Is it at FF Doormat? I believe on Twitter. I believe FF, so. Yeah. FF underscore Doormat. Uh, Matt Hatton of Toilets to Titles. He challenged me in the title game, and uh, I think I I had Stefan Diggs left, and I was I mean I was up by thirty points. So it was what it was. But he had a great team. He, I think he lost Jalen Hurts, so he couldn't play Jalen Hurts against me. It was a tough go. Um, yeah, it, it was rough. But I won that. Uh, he came in second. Third place game. So third place was uh, Dan Morrison at NFS Football on Twitter. Uh, he actually was the champion last year, so he was contending again. He had a really good run at it. His team's really good. So, yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Get out of here. You're not winning again. <laughs> Stay away from my title. Uh, Josh. Actually, you, Josh, you took down the toilet bowl. 
So you get I the did. you get the two point thirteen pick, which is awesome, dude. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that was a big one. We uh we had an interesting. I mean, it's funny. I feel like this league is a little top heavy. Du two is more evened out, right? Like in Du two, we had like I don't know. I think eight teams had like an eight and five ish record at one point or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They had a, a you know we all had solid record and it was on points at that you know at that level. So we can just talk about Du two real quick. And what happened there? Du two. Oh, that was me and Uriah. And Uriah. Yeah, yeah. I was missing JT, <laughs> and he made a really nice trade with Jake right before the championship. Which you know, more power to him. Uh, he took me down pretty easily. So, you know, no contest there. Give him credit. I took second. Uh, who took third in Du two? I think it was. Yeah, it was Gilman. It was uh, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Gilman. So. Uh, he took third place down. Like I said, Jake was kind enough to concede that. And then Matt, our, our buddy Matt, took down the toilet bowl and got the 1.13 pick. So good on 2.13. No, I think we – I'm pretty sure we made it the, the first-round pick. I think we voted on it early in the season. If you, look right? in, if you look in the bylaws, we did it different than, than do you on. So he uh, he's very fortunate if that's the case. Maybe it's the 2.13, but I'm pretty sure the one point. No, I think it is 1.13 just on MFL. It still says 2.13, so – Yep. So, you know, obviously congrats to Uriah. Congrats to everybody. It was a really, really good season. Really fun, really fun league. And we are starting our third listener league. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do it in the next couple of weeks. We're going to probably let the season play out a little bit. Um, maybe we'll wait till after the Super Bowl, but that's only if these these savages can wait. We'll see what they want to <laughs> do. But yeah, excited for, for DU3. Everybody should hop in the Discord. That's really where we found you know most of the people for our listener leagues we'll do it again next year i i doubt we're going to do uh, more than one this year because it is a lot and uh, and we want to keep doing them year to year so we can't do too many at once no, but, exactly uh, and i mean if we stick with the theme that everybody wants i think this du3 is going to be awesome yeah, the, yeah. Theme, the theme everybody in the discord has been discussing is seinfeld versus the office yeah very fun so it'll be a good time I like that a lot. We do need one more. We do need one more listener for the listener league. So if anybody is interested that that's listening or, or hears this, uh, definitely hop, hop in the Discord and let us know. Hop in the Discord. DM us. The Discord has been shared on the on Twitter like too many times. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but you can definitely hop in our DMs and we'll get you there too. So yeah, uh, shout out to all the members of the the Dynasty Underdog listener leagues. It, Honestly, they're, they're such good leagues and um, really excited to start the third one. So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up with some trades and non-trades. Yes. Let's do it. Go for Is this first one you or no? No, that was your eye. Oh, okay. Well, let's um, – we'll not talk about – we'll not talk about that one. I mean, what I can – I had a trade right before – uh, the championship with Uriah. I traded, I think, a third-round pick for Mike White. What do you think about that? Mm. I mean, it's a third, so I am I actually don't hate that at all. Uh, you know my feeling on third and fourth-round picks. So to pop, to trade it for a player that could possibly be the future of the Jets for the next couple of years, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. And God forbid he doesn't work out and he has games like he had over the last two weeks. You didn't give up too much draft capital. Now, if you were telling me a second, that would be a completely different story. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, this was a tough one. I was trying to work a bigger deal. I was trying to get – I was actually trying to get a pick um, in return for like Pollard and something, and it just wasn't working out. And I was like, I need a quarterback because I was rolling out freaking 
Derek Carr and Andy Dalton all year and probably should have just stuck with that. And I ended up rolling out Baker Mayfield and Mike White, and that didn't work out either. So, yeah, just – I mean, honestly, if he starts it all next year for them, it'll be fine. Yeah, he's taking the L on that, just trying to make something happen and win the championship, and it, it just didn't work out. So now I'll, I got offered a trade today, and I knew um, Debbie, Debbie League I just joined. It was – so the the winner of the league, so 112, his entire 23 draft class, so rounds one through eight, for Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, TJ Hawkinson, and two linebackers because it was IDP. Say one more time. So, uh, twenty-three rounds, one through eight, in the in the twelfth position. For Prescott, Russell Wilson, T.J. Hawk, and two linebackers. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, tis the season. Tis the seasons for sure. Oh man, yeah. There, everybody thinks that you know, like we were talking about the uh, the picks or what everybody's looking for right now. So, you know, they're going to send you crazy-ass trades like that trying to offer you picks because they know you want to get into the draft. But no, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for the tricks. I'm not. Oh, one of the resolutions they mentioned is make smarter trades. No more James Conner for digs. That's fair. Yes. (laughs) I think – but that's true. But I think – I mean, it's definitely in line with what you're saying. But I think more so, like, it's, like, don't make it harder on yourself either by, like, because you made it so that you had to trade James Conner at the right time to get the return on it, which there was a time to probably do it, but it was just a harder thing to do than than keeping Diggs. That and everybody knew what my plan was, so nobody was going to pay me fair market value for him. Right, right. That too. Yeah. Especially in the listener leagues, it's a little bit harder when we're talking. Talking about it week after week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I now trade from the Discord. Yes, yes, it's Discord trade. So... Somebody popped this in here. Uh, sorry, I just lost it. All right, so this is – sorry, here it is. Uh, Box 77. Thinking of trading Waller, Deontay, my late first, early second rounder, and Pierce for Amari Cooper and Kyle Pitts. What do y'all think? And at first I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. But then you, I tried to break it down a little bit and, and kind of think about this, and the way I broke it down was – Deontay is greater than or equal to Amari Cooper, right? I think he's better, but I guess you can make the argument one way or another. You know, Cooper's a little, I mean, much older, to be honest. I think like three or four years older, or probably three years older than than Deontay. And I, and I think Deontay's usage has been great. We've talked about this in the past weeks. Regardless, greater than or equal to. Then Waller, the late first, a second in Pierce, maybe lesser than or equal to Pitts. Like, I guess you can make that argument that those pieces, you know, pretty much add up to Pitts, but you'd rather have Pitts because he's the younger long-term dynasty asset. So, like, I, you know, breaking it down, I can kind of see, you know, how you would go for the Cooper-Pitts side, but I think I'd maybe rather take Deontay out of the whole thing and uh, and maybe Cooper and just do the Pitts part of it because that one feels a little bit more upside driven to me if that makes sense it does and i'd have to agree with that but again i'm very hesitant in pitch now i was super high on him last year but coming back from an injury big question mark at the quarterback position for them i don't know i would not be right now trading major assets to try to obtain him 
I mean, now I know it's probably the cheapest point, or I mean, it was the cheapest point was a couple weeks back, but it's still relatively cheap to get him now versus when he comes back. But I just think that's a calculated gamble you really got to evaluate. Yeah. I think we talked him off the ledge a little bit there. Um, there's there's definitely something to work around there, but I don't think that that package deal is the one that you really want to dive into. Um, okay, let's let's talk about Urias. Let's give him, uh, let's just, whether it was a trade or not, we don't know. Uh, whether it went through or not, let's let's see what he what he's got here though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh no, what am I talking about? I did. Exactly yeah, this is in the was. listener league. This is in the listener league. This is him yeah. trying to to beat me. Um, <laughs> so he traded. He has like fifteen quarterbacks. He traded Trevor Lawrence for Tua, Nick Chubb, and a twenty five third. I I think I like the T law side as crazy as that sounds, because well, in hindsight, <laughs> I mean. This wasn't before the Tua stuff. Oh, no, 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 you're right. My bad, my bad. This was after, so he's taking the risk that, you know, Tua does come back and that Chubb was going to win him the championship, which one way or another, whether Chubb did or not, he won the game. So, it, right. you know, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't really care if this work, works out or not in the end. But I think the value is on the T-Law side, but I – or not, I'm sorry. I think that the long-term value is on the T-Law side. I think short-term, the Tua-Chubb 25-third is like an absolute – smash deal if Tua plays again you know what I mean yeah a lot of people are concerned that Tua is not going to play again I mean you know my father-in-law is like I don't think Tua is ever going to play you know touch a football field again I didn't either but now reports coming out that he already said he he wants to come back possibly for the playoffs if we're able to win next week of course he does he's he's a gamer like most of these guys are and I don't think that you know most of them I I guarantee you even uh Damar Hamlin you know and again hopefully he's doing well I guarantee you that he probably wants to get back on the field, whether he'll ever be able to or will or let himself, whatever is a whole different story. And that's irrelevant, but I'm sure just the guy, you know, these guys want to play. Like they just want to play. It's what they want to do. So, you know, I feel for Tua. I think he'll play. I think, you know, we've talked about this plenty. Um, so I think it's a good deal for both sides, to be honest with you, because I love T-Law. I love his outlook, but I think the other side has a lot of risk, but a lot of value there too to it so it was a good deal man like smart deal by your eye and a smart deal by uh this was jake also jake making a play for a a quarterback he has hurts t law really really good duo going forward now oh for sure and i think you hit it on the head where you said it's short term versus long term yeah and for each each party involved their their needs were set so i definitely think this was a home run trade absolutely absolutely okay before we we're not done yet don't worry about it Okay, so I actually got an offer in DU1. I mean, now you're going to know who it is. But either way, uh, the offer is for my Justin Jefferson sending me Cooper Cup a 23 first, which is going to be later a 24 second and a 24 third. Say that one more time. Yeah, Justin Jefferson for Cooper Cup 23 first, 24 second, 24 third. Don't you already have two firsts? No, I don't have any first in that league. I thought you did. No, this is D1. Uh, as much as I'd like the picks, I think I got to stick with the Jefferson side. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, Cooper Cup in a first is nice. A second and a third, whatever. It's Justin Jefferson. This guy is, like, he, he could be on my team for 10 years, like, if this league lasted that long, which it should. But Yeah, be like... on, No, I mean, they all should, but, it, you know, right. hopefully. Of course. But he should be that kind of guy. So I, I just think he's worth so much more. Like, I honestly think I need, like, it's ridiculous. But at this point, with age, injury concerns, situational concerns with the team, 
I probably need two firsts in Cup. No, oh, uh, I'd say two. I mean, two firsts and a starter for sure. I, I need just two don't, firsts in Cup. I, I'm just then I'm not moving Justin Jefferson. I guess I don't know. <laughs> let me <sighs> because like he's sending me a, a first, a second in Cup. So it's the, the next step is another first. If it was two firsts and Waddle. Oh yeah. Wait, that's yeah. Okay, for sure. I'd probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would hope you would do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Let's see really quick. Oh, I do want to give a shout out really quick before we head out of here. I'm, I'm glad I, I pulled up the discord. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the, the last message in the DU one, uh, chat in the discord. Welcome. Uh, welcome Puma drew glad to have you, but got big shoes to fill. Laugh out loud, R.I.P. Lewis. Uh, that's from that's from our buddy Riley. Really? And he's absolutely right. Big shoes to fill for sure. We lost a, a really important foundational member in Console Wars, uh, Lewis Glover. M- many of you probably know of him or remember him as FF Down Under. He's now at Lewis, at Lewis Glover MMA, I believe, on Twitter. He's he produces content for MMA and. He just he didn't have time really for NFL or for uh, Dynasty anymore, but he is the person who introduced me to Dynasty. He got he started Console Wars, the league that we always talk about. He got me into that league. He got me into writing with DFF, and you know all of its uh, history from there. So he is definitely a foundational piece in my like, fantasy Dynasty journey. So a lot of respect to him. I'm gonna really miss him in both leagues because he was a commissioner in Console Wars too. So it's, you know, kind of a big deal in our stupid little world, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to miss him for sure. So shout out to him. Uh, appreciate all of the time he, you know, he dedicated to, uh, the leagues and, and getting us involved. So really, really cool stuff. Um, that said, we have a new member in DU1. Uh, he is actually, um, a writer for DFF. So, um, that's pretty cool. He is, uh, he's a Debbie guy, so he knows his stuff. So we got a shark in DU1. Uh, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Um, and yeah, I think that's all we got today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Dutton Goldberg. Follow us on on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dynasty Underdog, and follow Discord. Check our Twitter for details. Thank you, and see everybody next week. Mm-hmm.